How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Partly Podcast, episode number 50 on a weekend where football is finally back at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We are finally back for another episode of this great show. And I'm joined, as always, by my good co-host. So we've got Harry on first. Harry, how are you doing? No, I'm very good, thank you. It's great to be here once again. We're back, baby. Uh, and we are in for an uh, interesting ride this season. Uh, watch out, because Tottenham are back. I know I say it a lot, but wow, that that win was good. Wow, the performance was good. Um, and what I will say is, where's all the Vicario haters? I, I can't find any of them. I'm, I can't find Mark Goldbridge. I can't find Gary Neville. I can't find Roy Keane. I, I honestly can't put a finger on why. But no, great win and good to be here. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And we're also joined by Callum. Callum, how are you doing, mate? I'm all good, mate. I've shined my head up for tonight just to get it nice and, nice and Daniel Levy-esque because uh, I will not be spending any money by the end of the window. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and if anybody wonders why we're late, uh, you can thank I'm Callum sorry. for that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm glad to have you all uh, You're here and you're all in the chat. Make sure you get your... Uh, your comments in the comments section. We will read out as many as we can. Um, make sure you're subscribing if you're new to the channel and make sure you're giving the video a like as well. If you are on any podcast platform listening um, in the future, then make sure you give us a five-star review and uh, listen all the way through. It's a good show. Um, shout out to a few people in the chat. So we've got Adrian saying good evening all. We've got Jazz Joe and Vicario Naysayers here. is wiping egg off his face. So uh, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of people. Oh, Winnie's in the chat. Winnie said, yes, boys. Um, and again, a good evening. Evening all from Barney. From Barney. Uh, just just love. Love from everybody. That's what we like. Yeah. Bloody sea people. Anyway, let's crack straight into this bad boy. Because, you know, for those of you that watch the show regularly, last week we had a little score prediction, which we're going to do every week now on this show. And... Uh, you know, I'm going to say out of the five hosts that we have on this channel, four four of them didn't think Spurs would beat United. And one of them did. I'm going to let you all decide who that one person was. But spoiler alert, it was me. Um, so anyway. Do you, blow, do you want to blow smoke up your ass anymore, mate? At all? <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, mate. I've got so much. I've got so much planned. I've got so much planned. Oh, mate. Yeah, I've don't worry. I got Harry. Do you, Harry, do you want do you want to co-host on your pod? Because I mean, this is getting ridiculous now. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> you got to have a bit of confidence in this life. Anyway, um, so Callum, coming to you as you like to talk a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 this is going to be interesting. Give me a little, give me a little overview on uh, on yesterday's game. Wow, I think a very professional performance from. A very young team. I think they did themselves credit yesterday. There was probably the first half an hour, I would say, was a little bit shaky from them. But they had to kind of find their feet. But I think, I don't know what Ange said to them in half time. But literally, he must have just gone, look, just play your game, enjoy yourselves and go out there and do your job. Because, yeah, I mean, to actually have... All the Man United pundits and all the Man United players going mental, saying mm. we deserve nothing. Well, it means that we actually did deserve something because they lost. Simple as that. I think yeah. it was yeah. a professional performance, mate. That it was 
great to follow it up on a good showing at Brentford as well. And I think we just continued the momentum going. Yeah, 100%. And Harry, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've been big on Big Ange for a long time, but one of the things that I have said is that, you know, you need to give this man time because it's not going to be win after win after win. You know, his sides take time, especially when he's come in, you know, realistically quite late into this job because, yeah. you know, he was in the Scottish Cup final and yeah, then yeah. he came in and then we went straight into pre-season and so on. But, um, you know, to play Man United second game in, and I think we did a long time ago, uh, a kind of, how many points do you think we're going to get in the opening three games? And I'm pretty sure you said something like one, but I, I can't remember exactly, but it was something along those lines. Yeah, it probably was, yeah. Um, just kind of give us your thoughts on the game in general. We will touch, you know, kind of all the talking points, but um, yeah, give us a, your thoughts on it. Yeah, listen, I was, I was really, really impressed. Uh, Callum used um, a perfect word in professional performance, and it was. Listen, credit to the players for, for adapting to Angie's system in such a short period of time. We haven't played this football in, what, four or five years? This is the best performance I've seen. I go, Winnie's just said it. Best performance I've seen, I was going to say, since the days of Pochettino, um, for sure. The, the, all of a sudden, you know, the togetherness within the club, within the fans, within the players, you know, and I just I just love it how quickly and just turned the fans. I love the idea of Son with his, his, his huddle uh, away to Brentford, going over to the fan. He, honestly, it's, it's a great place. In, in, it just changed. Who would have thought we'd said this two, three months ago? Um, so credit to Ange for once again proving the doubters wrong so far. He'd done exactly the same Celtic. Uh, and deep down, I always hope it would work, um, regardless of looking at, at the obvious, um, you know, at the time when you're against the appointment. So I'm, I'm so glad. And listen, Luke, I'm sure you can relate to this. Every Spurs manager I've wanted to succeed at Tottenham, but Ange Postacoglu is just that little bit more, you know, the... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Luke was spot on. Uh, the, <laughs> I hate to say it, the, the attitude uh, that Andrew shows, you know, the way he comes across, great guy, great with the media. I love the way he handles the Harry Kane situation, puts the club before the player. Um, everything he's done has impressed me. Um, honestly, he's just a pleasure to watch. He's, I love listening to him. Um, you know, honestly, and, and that performance was great. We deserve that. We, we, we rattled pretty much. Um, the football world um, with that result. We, we rattled everyone around United. Uh, they didn't see that coming. It's great to see because we're back and we're back quicker than people thought. Uh, and we've gone from last season to having, for me, one of the worst defensive midfields up there with the very best in both departments, especially in the midfield. Bring it on. Honestly, I'm, I'm so happy. Amazing. Go through some of the comments that David Clark has said Spurs fans uh, said put Sarah on loan. Basuma isn't worth 25 million. Really listen to a wise man. These two are world class. Um, yeah, true. Uh, Terry Jacob has said, Potch, not magic, no more. Well, there's the new song goes. Um, oh, you can have your Pochettinos, your Contes, and Mourinho's. I'm loving Big Ange instead. Um, what else have we got here? Just much love when he's saying, Harry Kane, never heard of him. Um, <laughs> And David Clark has said Son is struggling in this system. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of jump on that real quickly. I think, I think what you'll see in this system is you will you won't see the wingers flourishing in terms of goals because how it works is the wingers will play extremely wide. So what you've got from there is then runners will come in from deep, such as Saar, such as um, Madison, and so on. 
So you may not see, um, you know, Son scoring as many goals. Um, but we did also see towards the end of the game, which we'll touch on, is Andy's tweaks in the system where, you know, Son may also play through the middle um, as well. So, yeah, you know, I didn't like that though. I'll jump on to all those these points. So let's get into it first of all. So first half, Callum, we were pretty slow, weren't we? We were pretty lackluster. You know, the inverted fullbacks, I heard Gary Neville talk about it and he's spot on. I don't like when they go inverted in defensive positions. It makes literally no sense to play out yeah. from the back and play with an in- inverted fullback in a defensive position. Like when you're attacking, of course, you know, over the halfway line, invert as much as you like. But, you know, that that was somewhere that we really struggled first half, wasn't it, yesterday? Uh, yeah, I think definitely it created a lack of continuity in there. So I think we were saying about on the group chat during the game that there was a lot of sluggish passing. There was a lot of, there wasn't any transitions going forward. And like you said, with the inverting, it was very much, we were sitting very deep and there was nothing going from our defence into the midfield to start with. And it was then dragging the midfield deeper and it was then isolating us up top. So I think that invited unnecessary pressure, which within the first half an hour, you probably would have said that United could have been 1-0 up if if yeah. they'd taken their chances. With the, I think it was the Rabona. I know that Fernandez. Uh, was offside when he played that into the box for, um, I think it was Rashford to try and score. But if he was onside, that's pressure that we've invited unnecessarily. So I think it was a slow start. But as we grew into the game, we started pushing United back into their half. But it, it was too slow. And there wasn't any pressure from us to get United going and all that, we was inviting too much from them, I think, to start off with. And it was down to our passing. It wasn't quick enough. It wasn't fluid. It was a lot of backwards passing as well between the defence and the goal. Yeah. It it wasn't comfortable to watch, I have to admit, from the start. Yeah, definitely. Jazz Jones has said, um, first 35 minutes was shaky, but I put that down to the young age of the players. We took over after they grew in confidence. Like, Harry, that's the problem, isn't it? Like, I, I'm all for passing out the back. Yeah. But when a team is pressing you high, you know, and then there's balls to Mickey van der Ven, who then tries to twist and turn and, you know, lost the ball a couple of times. And then he's playing it back to Vicario, who's playing it back to him, who's playing it back yeah. to Romero, who's then trying mm-hmm. to pass it infield to Porro, who's on the half turn, losing the ball. Like, there was a problem in that first half. But, and you know what? I'm going to say, we were lucky not to go one down in the first half. But, um, you know, we stuck at it. And Ange must have said something at half time. Like, I know he does allow the players to have the dressing room kind of as their own. And he doesn't really like to interfere too much. Obviously, at half time, he's going to be going in there and, you know, team talks or whatever, tactical analysis, or whatever needs to be done. Um, but something must have been said and yeah. it worked. Yeah, whatever he said clearly worked. In the second half, um, we looked... So much better. Uh, I wouldn't say we're dreadful in the first half, but United probably deserved to be 1-0 up if they'd taken their chances. Um, so, yeah, whatever he said worked. Um, yeah, we moved the ball quicker, I thought. Uh, just a lot more effective, created loads more. 
um, and just generally looked really, really good. Once again, I'm in the same situation against Brentford where the team looks really good, the togetherness, the spirit, but also individuals. Sean, once again, saw the energy he bought. Credit to Postal Coglu, one of the two changes he made, bringing him in for Saar. He brought so much energy, got the goal, obviously. Um, second goal, little bit of luck, but you need that. You know, the best teams, you know, you ask the Manchester Cities, you won the treble last season, they didn't win it without that little bit of luck on the way. Um, luck is in, involved in quite a bit in football. He came there as part of the goal, but still winning the back of the net, and that's all that matters. We were far the better team uh, over the full 90 or more than that, if you were, you know, with the new regulations. Uh, we were definitely the better team. United weren't at their best, and they've got Ten Hag has got problems to work out. Uh, United, there's problems there for sure, but, you know, United don't look dreadful. I think it's just that we looked really, really good and really stepped it up in the second half and played like a team that's almost sending out a statement to everyone else, you know. You under because we, we we've been written off for this season. We've been written off for Europe already. Fast is about people already said it's just improved. I said it improve on last season. That's eighth, seventh place, whatever it is. I'll take it. It's improvement. But I think we're ready quicker than people think. People say maybe four years time. I, I think it's sooner than people think. And that was a statement win. Same time you mustn't get carried away early on in the season. Uh, there's a possibility that teams may have a better idea of how to cope against and just start of football you could injuries could come into it but generally as a whole there's so much positivity around the squad and it's a great place to be as a club right now yeah a hundred percent you know i've seen you know top content creators on on this platform you know spouting nonsense for clicks you know about us finishing ninth tenth you know all of the all of the other stuff it's just it's just not going to happen look we're not winning the league you know i'm not going that far but you know, people need to realise that these performances will only get better, OK? You know, we, yes, we will concede goals. And we don't need to, you know, throw our toys out of the pram when that does happen. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Saar's um, opening goal because, you know, let me jump onto one of the comments really quickly. Um, here, uh, Jazz Jones said, the elephant in the room, though, is our forward is our forward line. Four goals, not one of them has come close to scoring yet. We've had four goals that we've scored in two games. Two have come from defenders and two have come from midfielders. Um, and I just think that that's, you know, shows that, yes, there, there isn't the improvements needed in our front line. But, my God, there's going to be goals from all over the pitch in this system. So, Sarah had a couple of chances, Callum. Um, one pretty, a little bit before, kind of, he did score. Um, and then... He just arrived late after a you know Kulusevski cross, a little bit of a deflection. But this is what this system is all about. It's all about those eight coming in late and uh, you know picking up what they need to pick up. And he was so calm; the ball bounced right in front of him. He's going to be an absolute boss, isn't he? This kid. He, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, but he really does remind me of a young Yael Torre. Just the way that he plays in that role just going back up and down up and down having that skill to actually take that because that was a striker's finish that had something strong about it I don't care if it was a late run into the box I don't care if it was deflection or whatever what people have been spouting all that rubbish it's just the whole skill that he had to do it and the to have confidence to do that 20 years of age that's that's unbelievable. He, how he's 
being used by Ange in pre-season and in these last two games as a sub in the first one and then as a starter in this one. He's outstanding. How how you was neglected for the last first year on loan and then this the year before, uh, last year by Conte just leaving him to rot in the reserves. Well, Spurs are kidding themselves. This kid is something special and to actually have the confidence to take that many shots from a number eight as well at his age. Yeah, he's... I can't speak highly enough of him, mate, to be honest. Yeah. I know. I've uh, I said this a few times, Harry, about Sarah. And, um, you know, what people forget is that... And it's somewhere that we should probably target a bit more, to be honest, because Mets is, is where he came from. They have a big scouting pool out in Senegal. They also... Uh, he came from the same scouting system as Sadio Mane came from. Um, and, you know, people, let's not forget, he won Young African Player of the Year last year as well. But this guy, and Callum has said it, you know, instead of me, but he is like a young Yaya Toure, in my opinion. He is absolutely sensational. His ability to drive at the ball, um, you know, some of the performances that we've seen before have been good from him, but nothing like what we're seeing from him now. You know, just his power, his pace. He's tall, he's strong. He's absolutely sensational at the moment. You're muted. Hold on. Harry, you're talking to yourself, mate. <laughs> I, oh, I do. I, I enjoy that, don't worry. But I, I've done a loop now. Um, no, listen, with, with Saar, this, this kid is special. Uh, we've got a player not only now, but for the future. He has a bright future ahead of him. Um, and he, he's, he's done it again. He, he's, 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 he's the man for the big occasions. He was chucked in there last year, away to Milan, at a hostile San Siro. Uh, and him really stepped up. North London derby last season, the whole team was down and out. He stepped up, willing to take on the whole Arsenal team, willing to battle on the line. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. And a bit of Yaya Torre. Um, so that is great to see. And the way he took the shot yesterday, just the energy he brings, uh, the, the vibes, is it, fantastic. Um, you know, and I can admit, I was one of the players thinking that a lone move would benefit him, but I've never questioned his ability. And this is one that Conte clearly, clearly got wrong. I'm sure we get, sure we get onto it exactly the same with Pesuma. Um, and you've seen that, so credit to him, because that midfield has been improved by two players, well, three players, but two of those players haven't had to be signed. Um, Conte had them as options, but just didn't use them. He's just, he's special. He's going to be a, a one hell of a player for sure. Um, so yeah, he's a, a pleasure to watch once again. And honestly, when Ben Score comes back, where does he fit in? Because we've got a winning combination at the moment, and and, and every single one, yeah, Madison, Basuma, and Saar, they all they all look fantastic. So yeah, I, I love the competition for places. Um, no, he's he's magical. Yeah, that's a very good shout, actually, because, you know, as of right now, Bentoncourt's got, you know, some work to do because it's not a given that he walks straight into back into this team. You know, the fans will want him back in, but the manager has to see, you know, that this guy is going to perform just like the others. And if Star, Star continues, um, you know, it could be could be brilliant for us. But I'm going to ask you boys quick uh, one word answer. Uh, Skip or Saar, Harry? Saar. Callum? So. Yeah, you're right. You're all Especially right. Hoiberg. Hoiberg. <laughs> anyway, do you know what? That actually gives me a good segue because um, <laughs> I felt like yesterday, 
um, and in my opinion, made questionable changes when we were only one nil up. You know, I yeah. felt that um, the Son moving to central striker and then uh, Perisic coming on on the left, followed by Ben Davis for Udoji. Um, and then obviously Hoiberg came on for Saar. I believe Saar gets man of the match if he plays 90 minutes. Um, I, you know, I've presumably played well, but I don't think you can put it past the guy who scored the opening goal to, to break the deadlock. But um, he made some questionable changes, but those changes worked well. And the only reason I say questionable, Callum, is because at that point we're only winning 1 0. And we need to score a second because knowing Spurs, we could concede. But then on comes old Ben Davis. And I don't even know if he gets a touch on the ball, but he's he shanks it. And then Martinez shanks it. And then it goes into the back of the net. It was a really weird combination of changes, to be honest, mate. Because, yeah, Richarlison coming off and Son going up top, I could see that. And I can see. Perisic coming on because he offers something else going forward. Doji looks like he started tiring, so that's why Davis came on. Saar for Hoiberg was a weird one because if you think about the principle of what Ange has been saying, that there are a couple of players on in his faults as such, but they could still do a job. I would have thought Skip coming on would have done more than Hoiberg, to be honest. If you're going to make that sort of change, then you go for someone who's got more of a chance to do it. But yeah, the Ben Davis one was weird. Why was he so far up in the box in that position, to be honest? If if you got Perisic, why have you got both of them in the same area? It made no sense to me, because I would have rather Son be in that area, to be honest. So I don't even remember seeing Son in the box, really. I suppose, that. Callum, the only reason to have both Perisic and Ben Davis on that left-hand side was to protect. Maybe they he felt vulnerable on that side, and both of them have defensive abilities. So he thought, well, you know, we could double up. There's a, a chance that they can, you know, do you know what I mean? That's the only way in my mind I could look at that. Yeah, very much so, mate. Um, but when you look at where we was actually defensively frail yesterday, even though Porro had a good game... He looks the more exposed one compared to Dave, uh, compared to like Odoji on that side. So I, I guess if Hoiberg came on there, maybe he was sitting out that way. To yeah. For as long as he don't do it lightly last week, or then we're all right. <laughs> but they worked. They worked on yep. that occasion. But you know that there is weakness in our squad players to come on, I would still say. So, yeah. Hoiberg, is, uh, sorry, Jazz Jones said Hoiberg came on instead of Skip. Are we not selling Hoiberg now or is Skip injured? I didn't see that coming. The only thing, right, this is my two cents on it. The only reason I can see him bringing on Hoiberg is, is that when a team wants to purchase a player, seeing them actually doing their job and getting minutes actually makes it more, makes them more sellable. Um, I, I, it's it's doesn't, it doesn't fit in this system. Like, you know, and as much as you know, Harry, I know you like him. I just, yeah. I didn't think no, he offered okay. anything when he came on yesterday either. Yes, and yeah, just to, just to add to that, I, I I've been very clear with this. I love Hoiberg. Doesn't suit the system. It, if Atletico Madrid or any club offer forty million uh, add-ons or just forty million, he can go fine. But anything less than that, I I think for for 
uh, for Hoiberg, no. I, I think you ha- they have every right to hold out. Um, for, love the comment. Uh, hold out for 40 million. <laughs> uh, <somebody. laughs> they have every right to hold out um, for 40 million um, for, for Hoiberg, in my opinion. He doesn't suit the system, no. Um, he, he will look as suit Atletico Madrid system, but listen, what people in the chat have got to under, understand is Angie's is new. Uh, he's, he's only six, seven weeks into the job. He's still trialing things. He, he's given, he's talked about and, and continues to do so, giving everyone chances. He's seen Skip against Brentford. Now it's time to see Hoiberg in the next match of Proby. Let's see Lacelso and what he can do and who suits the system better. And from doing this, you know, um, one thing. I will say is that he's realised that Saar probably suits this uh, position better than Skip. Um, so that is a successful trial. Uh, and, and people digging out Richarlison as well. You know, it, it wasn't just him. Oh, well, big up. Big up, Marlon. Yeah, <laughs> just, to, just to add on to this comment here, we won't be having any nonsense in this chat. So if you do fancy it, try it and we'll just block you. So um, let's move on from that. Uh, no, I, I agree with you, Harry. Um, I want to ask you again h actually um there were two decisions um for penalties one at either end i know united claimed that you know it was a penalty for a handball against romero but then spurs fans are crying out for a penalty against romero so i want kind of brief answer on both of those like mine first of all i think that either could have been given and either may not have been given the problem with the handball is it's a bit like you know. Do you ever remember United against PSG in the Champions League, where I think that rule had just come in, and Rashford like you know thunderbolts the ball at someone's arm, and they get a penalty, and that's when they go on and win that game. I, yeah. I think that you, it was a similar penalty decision in the Women's World Cup final today. Like yeah, yeah, there was yeah. When the, when the ball is blasted at Romero from I don't know two or three yards away. Like, you can't be giving penalties. Like, you just can't be. Because what do you... Like, I'm sure someone stood there saying, well, what's he meant to do? Always stand with his arms behind him. Like, it just doesn't make any any sense to me. Yeah. Um, the Romero one, um, Martinez, I think it was, challenge on uh, Romero. Again, like, if Romero touches that ball, it's 100% a penalty. I think just because neither party hit touched the ball... Um, then that wasn't a penalty either. But what what's your thoughts on it? No, it's, it's a really good question. The handball is one definitely, like you said, can be given either way. And, and that is one thing I think all us fans can ag- agree on, come together on and agree on, you know, is that the consistency is needed with, with the on-field officials, with VAR about these handball decisions uh, and, and can't just stick to that's handball, but that's not handball. Um, so fine, we, we say that's not handball. However, I, I, I think that um, personally we should have got a penalty. I think that's a foul on Romero. And this is not be, being biased because I was one of the only ones, the only one on this panel, by the way, to say that I think that Brentford rightly had a penalty last weekend. I stick by that. I think this is very, very similar. You've got to give one, you know, you've got to give both or neither. Brentford got a penalty, but we didn't hear. They're very similar tackles. Neither player gets to the ball first, you know, and Martinez is late, uh, Son's late. So for me, they're very similar tackles, but that just represents what's wrong with our game at the moment with inconsistency. Um, so, yeah, I don't think United should have a penalty. Fernandez is whinging about it, Ten Hag's whinging about it. Um, 
like you know, they're just crying that they've lost and they're struggling. Um, so he's what he, I love to see the tears. This not, I love that we've won, but it's nothing better than seeing uh, United tears. That, that's the best bit about it. I love it when we win London derbies. You see the tears, um, and it's so so salty, and it, it's great to see. Um, it really is. Um, what do you think about the Romero uh, challenge itself when he was fouled? What what the oh yeah the, the penalty yeah you know I think it's a penalty I hundred percent think it's a penalty. Um, like I said, like with the son um, being being you know coming late and fouling for me they're they're both penalties. Uh, but I don't think United should have had a penalty. I I think that's too close. But it's one that can be given either way. But I don't I, I partly understand it from United. But having just had the decision in their favour against Wolves. There you go. Which, I, by the way, is the worst decision I've seen since VAR was invented or since I've been watching football. He's rugby tackled two individuals and possibly given them concussion. For the referee to go, I, I, I don't get it. But the, listen, you have VAR, I'm going to keep this brief, but you have VAR to turn over clearing obvious errors uh, by the on-field referee. That's the dictionary definition for VAR. If that is not clear and obvious, then the game's gone. The, I, I give up. Anana rugby tackles two players to the point where they could be in A and E later. I don't know what more is needed. So United should be complaining. Fernandez is, is, is whinges anyway. But listen, um, either of those decisions could be given either way. Um, definitely came to the right conclusion with the handball. I think because it would have been harsh. I would have accepted it either way. Well, I think Romero is unlucky not to have a penalty. But when he thinks it's soft, fair enough. If like you said, Romero gets his foot there first, it's definitely a penalty. It's clumsy. More than anything from Martinez. Yeah. Callum, what do you think on those two incidents? Because they were probably like the most contentious, you know, incidents that happened in the game. There's always going to be scrutiny when we look look at them in hindsight all the time. We're always going to be able to comment on it. And when I first saw the incident where Martinez took down Romero, I thought it was a penalty. But then once I've actually rewatched it, and I think it was said in the comments, obviously, if if he had the ball at his feet and then Martinez brought him down, then pan, Stonewall penalty. But because it was two players going for the ball, neither yeah. of them got it, and he kind of went down. It's it's kind of that principle where it's a contact sport. So do you give something for every bit of contact that's in there? And to be honest, the one with the handball as well, it's where... Romero's literally lunging in to make a block. So can he literally lunge himself forward and have his arms down like this? He'll literally look like he's in a in a coffin or something like that. Does he want to look dead or something like that? So it's yeah. it's one of them, especially as how close it was. But yeah, I think if it was his other arm that had hit, then that could be classed as him blocking a goal scoring opportunities. But to be honest, VAR's been awful in the last two weekends. There's so many decisions. and I mean, we're going to get more apologies come out tomorrow and Tuesday, or are we just going to go with it and say that we won, United lost, United fans don't like it. There's a good chance they could probably turn us over at Old Trafford later on in the year. Bring it on. That's the way they've got to yes, go with it. Yeah. Uh, Callum, quick one. Do you think that this, the Romero... A foul from Martinez wasn't given because the referee hadn't given the first one. So wrong. It's so difficult, and it's one of the reasons why I like 
rugby and NFL because all of their refs are mic'd up. And yeah. if you can hear what the refs are saying, yeah. then you get some sort of clarity on this stuff. But because we get no um, sort of uh, transparency with what's being said between VAR and between the on-field referee, I don't, I honestly don't know what was going through their heads. I mean, I don't know who the ref was yesterday. I mean, work my well, to be fair, I mean, there's so many questionable decisions over his conduct each year. I mean, as soon yeah. as we start doing this, we'll start questioning every official. So I think that I don't think you can say that he didn't give it away because he didn't give the other one. I just think that if VAR doesn't pick it up, then you go with the on-field decision. Simple as that. I just don't yeah. think you can keep questioning it each week because we're just going to, that's going to be our whole podcast, I think, going forward, isn't it? What decision gets taken up, which decision don't, and yeah, we'll have yeah. so many different views on it where we'll be yeah. so inconsistent. Sorry, can Harry, quickly, Yeah, sorry, can I just quickly jump on that and just say that uh, with, with quickly with VAR, you know, it's there to turn over clear and obvious areas. I don't see the point in having it. We saw that with Man United and Wolves. Uh, and we've got this thing every week where, where John uh, Moss, who's the head of blah, 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 has to go and apologise, for example, to Wolves. It doesn't change anything. Wolves right now, rock, well, second from rock bottom, second from last. Uh, and that could be the difference between survival and relegation. It, it, I think it will. It could be. It's, it is a massive chance of, that it really could be. Um because Wolves deserved something out of that game. It, it's, it's, it's clear you can't get any more obvious than that. So we can't keep having these mistakes. And if there was no VAR, I wouldn't have a problem with that, with that Wolves situation. Wolves fans obviously would, and rightly so. But I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'm going to continue to dig it out because you have VAR. Cheers, mate. Uh, VAR is there to turn over and clear an obvious error. So what's the point in having it if you're not going to if it's not being used in the right way. And I hate this thing. The on-field referee hasn't given it. They're unlikely to overturn it. That shouldn't be even in contention with Man United and Wolves. It's a clear and obvious error. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if these referees had uh, FPL teams as well. I've always thought that. And, and best mates. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to want to touch on Callum really quickly because I really, really fucking hate talking about VAR because it's never going to go away. No matter what I say means it's not going to get changed. But the one thing I do want to say on it is is something you spoke about, Callum, because I'm going to go back to the incident. Like, I don't know if you guys watched the, the Women's World Cup final today, but basically there, there was a penalty penalty for Spain. And, you know, fair enough, the ball hits, um, I think it was Kira Walsh, hits her arm. And then the Spanish player continues to run with the ball then pass it to somebody else, and then they have a shot on goal, and it misses, and then it goes all the way back to VAR, who then decide that the initial handball was a penalty, even though it had no influence on what happened in the actual passage of yeah. play, meaning that they still managed to get a shot away. Would they have pulled it back for a penalty if they'd have scored? No, of course they wouldn't. So therefore, it's, it's all nonsense, yeah. right? But then the reason why I'm talking about this incident in particular is because in the Women's World Cup, they've been having, you know, the decision, the referee has a little mic on and then she says, and the decision is penalty. And like, great, we can hear what they're saying. They've obviously got mics and they all talk to each other. All they have to do is release the audio. All they have to do is allow us all to be able to hear what they're saying. And if they say, you know, oh, Romero's arm is out to the side, 
But what we think is that it's a natural position because he's lunging forward and so on and so forth. Then do you know what? I will be a much, much happier person because we can hear what they say. The only reason that they're not releasing the audio or not being able to allow us to hear the audio has to be because something else is going on. And this is not a conspiracy about Spurs. It's not a conspiracy about any team because we all get some decisions and we all get other decisions. My issue is, is that why won't they allow us to hear what they say? And that's it, really. It's the rise of the lizard people. They're all speaking lizard instead of normal stuff. <laughs> no, that's all speaking that... Dothraki. Oh, don't, mate. They're probably speaking Klingon. I'm not going to lie. But no, it, you are right. It's the, it's the bollocks of it because what it's got is that calling off period that they're allowed to go back and review stuff. If you're going to do it, do it there and then do it within a minute. Don't let four other sequences of play go on and then you pull it back for something else because yeah. it's just dragging stuff out and it's unnecessary. Yeah. And and Harry's Wi-Fi has gone again. Yeah, yeah it did. Um, just quickly then, Harry, I want to talk about that because you mentioned it at the start of the show. And you mentioned yeah. about the, you know, the hate that Vicario has been having. And um, do you know what? Do you know what I wrote on wrote on my list? Because do you know what? I've started to become a professional podcast host after however many years I've had this show. Um, I wrote Vicario immense and love saves for the cameras. Um, there's a few times and there's nothing I wrong can't... with it. I just don't understand why he does it. That he makes some like audacious save of the ball when it's going over the crossbar. But I tell you what, he was absolutely sensational yesterday. And the things that he needed to deal with, he dealt with. Because on the Brentford game, Harry, they targeted him from the first minute. Yeah. No, they did. And, and they it's clever from Brentford because a new keeper coming to a new system. They saw his nerves early on. You could see their game plan. And to an extent, it worked, but he didn't make any mistakes. Um, yeah, good point. Um, but we... Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Barney. Very kind. And um, so kind of, uh, I, I thought generally he was he, he was good. I think he's been good since he's come in. He's been a scapegoat from day one. Uh, I don't think he's, he's been making saves to the camera personally. I think they're sublime saves. Um, and he's, he's, done, he's just making sure it goes over the bar. It's, you know, safe, safety first. I, I like that. I just, I love it. And I, I love the you know, Vicario haters can't be seen. I don't know why people are questioning him. Exactly spot on, by the way. I don't know why people are questioning Vicario. It's not Vicario's fault that we didn't sign David Raya. I wanted David Raya. I sulked for quite a while on getting David Raya. I'm not going to take it out on our own goalkeeper in Vicario that I didn't get the goalkeeper that I wanted. Vicario is our goalkeeper. Get behind him. He's a young keeper. He's just come into the team. There shouldn't be people slagging him off. It's exactly the same for Richarlison. The only difference is Vicario is even newer. Um, so, yeah, Vicario haters have disappeared. He, he was fantastic. Uh, even Neville didn't like it. He had to, had to point out his dramatic saves. Uh, it's just, just people being salty. It's, it's great to see. He, he's fantastic. And I'm really happy for him. Yeah, um, just quick one before we move on. Um, if you are new to the channel, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Make sure you're liking the video and uh, make sure you're getting your comments in the comments section. Let us know who your favourite host is as well. I want to know. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, uh, Callum, what do you think about Vicario's performance yesterday? Do you think it's a little bit, you know, 
showman showman like and do you know what i have nothing against it really uh, i mean wow i mean he he made some really good saves and i think he did a very good job it yeah it might have been a bit of showmanship but it don't it don't matter he saved us the game he made about three or four saves which there's a good chance if we'd have had, say, Fraser Forster in goal, we'd have probably gone in and all that. I'm not going to lie. It's He he was very good yesterday. And I'm not saying he's going to be brilliant all season. I'm not saying that he's not going to make a howler next week. It, as goalkeepers, they're meant to keep you in the game as much as possible. And you know, as soon as they make a mistake, they're going to get drawn up on it completely. But... Yeah, yesterday he didn't. His distribution was much better than Brentford. He looked more confident on the ball when playing it around his box. He didn't really have any wobbles. And, I mean, the two fingertip saves he did um, to push it over the top of the bar, they were amazing, to be honest, mate. I really was happy with how he did. And like, I'm like Harry. I... I didn't know who he was before he came here. I had to go and Google who he was. I had to take a line out of Danny Rose's book and go, who is this person? Do we know who he is? Um, but I wanted Riot. But I'm not going to sit here and keep banging on about it. I'm going to say, Cario's our keeper. We need to back him. He's our number one. And we trust in Ange. So we've got to trust in Cario as well. Simple as that, mate. Definitely. And everyone wanted a more stats-based approach into terms of scouting. And then when we do that, you know, they throw it all back in everyone's face. We can't um, please some people. Yeah. I want to talk uh, quickly about James Madison because, do you know what? I'm going to sit here and say I wasn't probably the kindest in terms of my recommendations on James Madison when no, he came well. in for the football club. But, you know, I'm eating humble pie right now because I... I think I saw somebody else write in a comment, so let me know if it was you. Um, but I never knew how good he was until I saw him in a Spurs shirt and in this Ange system because, oh, my God, the guy is absolutely sensational. Like, you know, okay, there was a few free kicks, a few corners yesterday that, um, you know, weren't the best, but just his ability on the ball, him and Eve Pesuma, you know, the, the way they can just, switch side to side they can skip a man they can make a pass that no one else can I, I i just i run out of superlatives for him the only worry you know for a lot of fans right now is the videos that have seen him coming off um or at the stadium in a protective boot i'm putting that down to um just precaution he played 90 minutes uh, i think it's just precaution but uh callum are you surprised with this madison that you're seeing or did you know you'd see it all along Looks like he's dropped oh. up for a minute. So I'll jump onto you, Harry. Yeah, no worries. Um, listen, I've been wrong about a lot of things, but one thing I've and, and changed my opinion on lots of things. But one thing I've always stood by is my opinions on Madison. He's probably my favourite Premier League player when he was at Leicester. I actually enjoyed it because I watched his journey from from Norwich to Leicester to Tottenham, and he's a player that I've always enjoyed watching, always admired, and always wished that he was a Tottenham player. Uh, so he's finally come true, and I, I'm so glad. Um, and I'm so glad that it's worked out for him. But listen, he's he's a magical player. 
Um, it, it's great to see. Um, and oh, he can be really I love that man. Faces. I love fresh air. Oh. <laughs> Well, that was exciting. I, I don't um, even know what he was saying, but what, all I was going to say is that I, I love Madison. Uh, oh, you know, I, I love this this Madison under Postecoglou. Really cute player. We got the number ten. However, what I will say to people saying that we it's been ages you know, since Ericsson's since we got a number ten. Yes, but the managers we appointed didn't play with a number ten. It's not Levy ignoring the situation. It's the fact that. We didn't play with oh, he's here again. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> no worries. So what are your thoughts on Madison then, Callum? Because we didn't really hear you. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like Harry. I I think he's amazing. He's such a great player. He It's actually nice to have someone to come in and replace Ericsson after the last two and a half years of not having any creative force. And to be honest, it's actually good to have a set-piece specialist as well. Actually oh, yes. having someone who can get a free kick to go into the box and not into the wall. Um, but, yeah, I I think that if he can keep doing what he's doing, I reckon he could be 10 assists, 10 goals this season. That's, that's 10 things. More than that. That's bottom line, mate. Bottom line. I'm not putting high yeah. expectations. Just let him run his course and all that. And if he takes 10... And that's 10 goals that Kane would have scored and 10 assists yeah. he would have got. So that's one position that we've got. We get Charleston like that, then we're happy days. Yeah, definitely. Harry, you did touch on that. Uh, I think uh, you got cut off a little bit. But, um, you know, it is interesting that people have been calling out for this position, which we haven't been playing for some time. Yeah, and we haven't had um, the manager that plays with, with that number 10 so that's why i don't think it's that levy's waiting for leicester to go down waiting for this possible is the first manager since Pochettino who plays in a number 10 and i'm not having it any other way madison's magical i'm so glad he's here um i, I, I like predictions i'm going to predict he's, he's going to get 14 assists and nine goals similar to Callum's on on a level uh i'd love to see him score 10 goals i just don't know if he does in this system uh, but he definitely he gets bags of assists. Um, so he's, he's a magical player. But I'm not worried about goals because I, I still stick by what I said. I still think Richardson is scoring at least 15 goals. Uh, I, I think some will chip in with half a dozen uh, and hopefully impacts of the likes of Kulisevsky, Perisic, Solomon will chip in, full-backs, defenders I expect to score from, from having a set-piece specialist in Madison. Um, it's just, again, down the other end that we've got to be careful. But we've got a clean sheet. Uh, we've improved the defence. The defensive issues are now being addressed. I like the way the club have dealt with the centre-back situation. Instead of everyone's idea of getting three centre-backs, you've got one with pure quality, and I'm completely fine with that. Now, what I want to do until the end of the window is get players out the door. Don't worry about bringing players in. We've got 39. That squad needs to be smaller. For me, you're looking at six, seven players going out the door. And then if you have time, a, a, a Levy uh, transfer, day, you know, transfer deadline day special, then we shall see. I'm, I'm all for it. But I think we have to get rid of the players out the door first. But in terms of Madison, he's just magical. So glad he's here. And so glad we got a number 10. Um, yeah, Kane's left at the wrong time, really, because Madison-Kane combination would have been nice to see. 
But we're a better team, I think, without Kane because we're not focusing on one individual's ambitions. We're focusing on the team. Uh, there's no pressure. Uh, and we're focusing on the main man in, in Ange. Uh, so that's great. I'll come uh, back to that, David. Yeah, David Clark has said, if Richarlison scores 15 goals, I'll run down Tottenham High Road naked. David, let us know when that happens and uh, we'll be there. Um, I'm going to come back to that. <laughs> anyway, Callum, uh, quickly on to you. I want to talk really briefly before we run into the last few things of the show about uh, two players, two very different players, but two players that, you know, are really slowly coming into their own. First one is Eve Basuma. You know, anyone calling Antonio Conte an elite manager and being able to make Basuma a, a fraction of the player that he actually is, uh, is deluded. Uh, the other one is Mickey van der Ven, who yeah. has had, I still think, a slow start for Spurs. I think there there has been a few small errors there, but as you would expect from a new player in a new league with barely any time to to get involved. But what are your thoughts on those two? How Conte shackled Basuma, that's criminal. That is literally like putting a guy in jail and just put him on day release when you just want to take him out for a little bit of game time and all that. It's ridiculous. He has dominated the last two games and he's got man of the match for it. Simple as that. It's he's it just looks so much more fluid when he's playing. He gets through the lines, he's dropping deep, he's going forward, he's covering where we need to be. And he just looks so much more confident than how he was. He looks like how he was at Brighton. It he's just playing with freedom. He's playing to express himself. And the fact is the squad love him as well. Literally, when you see the little cameos of him online and all that, a little bit of dancing and all that stuff. He just seems like he feels like himself. So, yeah, Maris, uh, Basuma, can't, can't fault him. Van der Ven, yeah, I'd agree with you. He's had a slow start, mate. He's still 22. So, he's got potential. He's... I think he just needs to find his feet. Because what we have to remember, he's only theoretically got two years of senior football, realistically, at top level. One in the Bundesliga, one in the Dutch League and all that. So we've got to give him time. And I think that he's got, he's going to be given time. He's not someone that you just write off from day one or day two. He's got to get comfortable. But he yeah. does look good alongside Romero, to be honest, compared to like if we had a long layer or a Dyer or a Tanganga. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, we have to be realistic about uh, Van der Ven. And we have to be realistic in the in the sense of he is a young player. He's been brilliant. He has been brilliant. But we also have to realise that, you know, there are small mistakes in there. He carried the ball too much yesterday. He, he twisted and turned himself into danger far too many times, you know, and we did lose the ball a couple of times. But, um, you know, he's only young. And uh, I'm going to get uh, young Winnie's thoughts on this as he's decided to drop in and say hello. Winnie! <laughs> How are we doing? Hello, mate. Hello. All good, all good. Talk to me about those two, Basuma and Van der Ven. Um, absolutely. I mean, Basuma, we're talking about a player now who people are going, oh, it's the Basuma that we saw at Brighton. Uh, it's not. It's not. We, 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 he's, he's four times, five times, six times the player he was at Brighton. He, he just seems to have just 
completely elevated his game. Um, and he looks like the player that we thought we was going to get and more. And also perfect for the system that we're in. Uh, Van der Ven, absolutely sound. No problems with him whatsoever. He, he's almost like um, people obviously talk about um, a Vertonghen regen. I think he's a bit of a mixture of Vertonghen and Alderweireld because he's got a bit of a ping on him as well. So he looks yeah. like um, a player. I mean, Romero and Van der Ven, what I will say is looks like a partnership that we will comfortably see for probably the next you know, providing they don't get too big for us and want to move somewhere else, uh, maybe for the next six, seven years, something like that. Wow, amazing. Uh, yeah. Harry, what's your thoughts on those two? Listen, um, firstly, with Basuma, I think he's been, he's been magical. Um, I, I I can understand where Willie's coming from in the terms of he's, he's better than the player he was at Brighton. However, the, the player that we signed from Brighton was a lot better than the player we saw in only a little bit uh, last season. I still think it's a bargain that we signed him from Brighton. Obviously, he's improved his game. He's adapted to the Postacopi system. And I'm also with Winnie on, on Van der Ven. Uh, I, I don't know what he's done wrong. I think he's been fantastic in, in both games. I don't think he's put a foot wrong. I thought yesterday he was all right. Yeah, maybe carried the ball a little bit too much. But for, for second game, you know, he's really impressed. You know, not many training sessions with the team. Um, you know, he's... He's come in. And what I found really impressive is the amount of times United were caught offside yesterday. That partnership, the back, um, well, just between Romero and Van der Ven already, already you know, working off each other like Toby and Jan did in less than two games. They got the high line spot on. That is, for me, is impressive. Like when he says, next five, six, seven, maybe more years, that is an elite partnership. And a partnership, if you want to be eventually winning trophies and winning titles, that is the defence you want. Yeah. Spot on there, Harry. Um, Lynch six on six said, "Can we talk fullbacks?" But we'll get we'll talk fullbacks next week because we're on to my least favourite part of the show, which is uh, the FPL roundup. Uh, as you know, oh, terrible. and uh, hasn't already joined our FPL <laughs> league. Then uh, you know there is a there's a tweet. I'll I'll put it as the pin tweet. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I'll do it in a minute. Um, join yeah, right. the yeah, join the league. And uh, jump in. How many people we got now? Um, I can't even see. But anyway, we've got quite a few people in our league. Um, so quick roundup: the lead, lead league league leader at the moment is Brainy Paul with 123 points. In second oh. place uh, currently is uh, Frankie Win. Good old winning. Uh, 119 points. Oh, really? Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. Dave is in fourth place with 113 points. Harry Scarf, sixth place, 109 points. Oh. Uh, Callum, Callum, because you joined us late, is on 21 points in 12th. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I am in 10th with only 86 <laughs> points. So a big. How much did you say I had? Ninety something. You've got one hundred and nine at the moment. Oh, oh, that's better than I thought. I messed it up this week though. Yeah, yeah. Everyone had a shocker this week. Anyone that picked Harland as captain had a shocker. Um, I picked Harland as captain, but Tiedemann's in the team. He didn't even get on the pitch. So that's frustrating. I had uh... had Son and I had Harland. So yeah, I've really done crap on that. (laughs) 
I took a I took a four point hit on Jao Pedro and they won four one and he didn't even score. He's on the bench, um, yeah. He didn't come on until the sixtieth minute. Oh, um, I, know, I, saw that. I know, yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. If you want to join in uh you know, join in the FPL group, then uh as I said in the Twitter Twitter feed, there's uh there's a link and a code and all the rest of it to so join in, have some fun. But my most favorite part of the show is now coming up, which is the score prediction table ah, but every week on this show nice. with our five hosts we go through the score predictions for each game you get one point for a correct result three points for a correct score and last week these were the predictions i predicted a 3-1 spurs win harry predicted a one all draw winnie predicted a 2-1 spurs loss <laughs> callum predicted a 3-1 spurs loss and dave <laughs> predicted a 2-0 spurs loss so Negative. And here, here comes my little arty time. Oh, you're going to show the it. Oh. At the moment, I am on one point for the correct result. Harry, Winnie, Dave and Callum, the negative Nancys are all on zero. So that brings <laughs> us into next week's game. So uh, next week's game, we are away to Bournemouth. Um, I will jump in with uh, those who have not on the show yet. So Dave has decided he's going to change his tune. And go for a three-one, Spurs win. Oh no, he stole a mine. Uh, no. We're gonna go two sex. Frankie, uh, Winnie, oh, Frank. I hate calling you that, Winnie. <laughs> it feels so weird. I know. Yeah, yeah. What are you going for? Uh, I'm going for two-one, Spurs. <sighs> two-one, Spurs. Yep. See how you're all changing your tune this week, uh, Callum. We'll come to you next. I reckon 4 1 Spurs. Oof. Jesus Christ. 4 1 Spurs. Bournemouth looked not great this weekend, to be honest. So I've kind of got. Yeah, but they want their points, though. They want their first win against Tottenham. Oh, yeah, but I was at that game last year and that was dross anyway. So, I mean, I want some payback. Luke, can I just jump in and say, I could be wrong, but I, I seem to remember from last week. Johnny, I, I swear Johnny said 2-0 Tottenham. No, I don't know if uh, the guy knows nothing. <laughs> he claims he did anyway. I, I can't remember, actually. He's in the league. He's, he's in his own league, leaving there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, David Clark has said Bournemouth, new striker, looks very dangerous. My score is 4-1 Spurs. Uh, Jazz Jones has said 3-1, the mighty Tottenham. Uh, for those others of you that are in the chat, make sure you get your score predictions in. Um, Harry, I've given you some time to think. What are you going for? Am I allowed to pin- Am I allowed to go with the same score as somebody else, or should I go different to, to mix it up? Harry, you can do whatever you like, but I will add a caveat to this game. Once you say it live on air, you're not allowed to change your mind, Mr. Ah, Scott. You can't do that. I'm going to be bold. It's not going to happen, but I like it. 5-1 Tottenham. Oof. Just to be different. What's that? Richarlison hat trick? <laughs> Richarlison brace. What? Uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go 2 0 Spurs. So the score predictions are in. Um, Terry Jacob has said 3 2 Spurs. Uh, Barney has said Tottenham to beat Bournemouth 1 0. So we've got me with a 2 0 Spurs win. Harry with a 5-1 Spurs win. 
Winnie with a 2-1 Spurs win, Callum with a 4-1 Spurs win, and Dave with a 3-1 Spurs win. So, four out of the five hosts of Spurs conceding, but every single host this week has decided to go for a Spurs win. Something must be going right um, at Tottenham. That kind of does wrap us up um, for the show this week. So, really, really do appreciate every single one of you uh, in the comments section. There's been loads of you, so... Make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. Make sure you're liking the video. If you're watching on the podcast platforms, come join us over here, but also leave us a five-star review. Um, and uh, drop us a message on Twitter. Let us know, uh, you know where you do listen from. Um, you can find that at Park Lane Podcast or at Park Lane Pod on Twitter. Um, Callum, thanks again for coming on. How can everyone find you? Uh, pleasure as always, mate. So it's at Callum Stubbs 97. Uh, thank you for everyone that's followed me since I've joined the podcast. So seems to have at least maybe a little bit more popular somewhere. Not in real life, but hey-ho. <laughs> um, but no, mate, pleasure as always. And um, if I'm always available, then that's great. Well, you gained one follower from uh, today's show, so you've got to be happy with yeah. that. Yeah. That means a lot to someone like Callum. He followed Harry as well, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Harry, your show, your show's back on a Monday night. How can everyone find you? It is, uh, yeah. Thank you for having me once again. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like Luke said, five star review if you're listening on any podcast platform, and a follow. Uh, like, get involved in the comments. Your opinions welcome here, and join the FPL league. Uh, I'd love to battle against um, some of you. It'd be great to see. Um, you know, because a lot, a lot of people in the chat are all, all this, so I'd like to see, I'd like to see the action. Um, so we we we'll see about that. But yeah, you can find me. Oh, Twitter handle's not there. I keep saying that. Harry Scarf Twenty Two. If you want to follow me, yeah, not always that popular, so I, I don't mind. Uh, but you can check out my channel as well, Scarfy Spurs Talk. Jay hosted my uh, last show, uh, which I couldn't make, so I'm, ba- I'm back on hosting my own show. This week, Monday, 8pm, uh, I'm joined by four guests, one being a United fan, which I'm so glad that I've done. Uh, great decision. Uh, that'll be interesting. Oh, a lot of tears, but nah, he's, he's a great great guy. So I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to being back here next week and hopefully sitting here with the prediction right. But we find out. Uh, I need to do better in FBL, that's for sure. But thank you for having me on. No problem at all. Um, <laughs> just to let everyone know, I'm on Holly's Hotspurs tomorrow at 7pm. So uh, make sure you head over there and uh, you can hear me talk about all the things I've talked about tonight. But I'll actually get to say something for once. Um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me, Luke underscore Park Lane. Um, but more, more importantly, um, most of our listeners on podcasts come on Apple Podcasts. So, um, you know, you can also leave reviews on there as well. Let us know what you think and all those different things. So really, really appreciate every single person that's tuned in. It's nice to see that we get more viewers from Spurs win. So uh, let's keep this going and uh, let's keep the Andy's train fucking rolling, people. Anyway, I'll see you all next week, 7 p.m. Sunday night. Until next time, a big come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>